Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HR in 15. My name is Jason Flynn, and I am the Director of HR and Client Services here at Prestige PEO, and once again, your host for today's podcast. We're thrilled to welcome back Ira Wolf to our show this morning. Ira is an accomplished author and president of Success Performance Solutions, a leading recruitment and performance management solutions provider. What we are looking at getting into today during the podcast is, is how the way candidates search for jobs has really you know, changed very drastically and dramatically. Companies that are looking to attract and retain top talent really need to adapt to these changes or they risk losing out on the most qualified candidates for one of their open roles. In this episode of HR in 15, Ira will explain what steps businesses can take to improve their recruitment process, as well as their top five questions employers should ask to properly screen candidates. Here's a simple hint, it's not their name. So thanks again, Ira, for joining us for the podcast. We are thrilled to have you back. And it's likewise, uh, really appreciate the opportunity to be back and, and talk about this. The favorite, one of my favorite topics. Great, great. So let's just get right into it. Uh, I Listen, I know we've touched on technology in past conversations, and, and how can you not these days? It's We are in the age of technology, which is great. And it's silly to even say it so simply these days, but technology really has changed so much on the job search front for employees. Yes, it's made it easier to source and apply for new and exciting opportunities, but an employee's digital footprint can also play quite a role in whether or not they do get looked at. So going with that frame of mind and that thought process, Ira, what are your thoughts on how technology has changed the job search specifically for employees? Yeah, what a great question. Uh, technology, well, one is uh, technology has been with us for, well, it's forever. I mean, you can go back a typewriter was was a new form of technology. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly faxes and emails, uh, you know, all those things have disrupted, have changed the way that people apply for jobs, the way people got screened. Uh, but in the last, you know, certainly in the last 10 years, uh, we've had uh, mobile, you know, with, with the development of broadband, uh, wireless, uh, you know, now we're moving to 5G, but, you know, it wasn't too long ago we were at 2G and 3G. Uh, it was pretty slow. Or if for those of us who remember dial-up, uh, you know, it, it was pretty clunky. Now it's routine. Uh, so when you think that in in the, in the 10 years, um, in, in literally just 10 years, that we've gone from almost zero people have a smartphone to 96% of every adult be, uh, under the age of 30 has a smartphone. Uh, and many times that's the only connection they have to the internet. This isn't necessarily just about HR technology. This isn't about how people apply. This is how people live. That the only, that the way they communicate, whether you like it or not, is through technology, uh, whether it's texting. Uh, you know, many people, it's like, why do we call it a smartphone? Because uh, a lot of people don't use it as a phone. Uh, they, don't, they don't listen to their voicemail. They don't, they 
send texts, they send messages, they send gifts, they send videos. Um, it's a whole other way. Yet the way we hire, the way companies hire, not we, but the way companies hire and source people and even screen and interview them is still based on a paper analog world. Uh, it's nuts because somebody sitting at their computer with a 24, 27, 34 inch screen on a keyboard and the people that they're hiring have a maybe a four by six device uh, that they're trying to apply. So there's a huge, huge disconnect um, based on the, the, on sim that simple premise that most companies, uh, an ATS or uh, HIRS system was built for desktop. It was built uh, for people who had, uh, you know, access to fat high speed broadband. And yet that's not who many people hire. You know, certainly in the professional ranks it is, but you're hiring frontline workers, um, you know, especially hourly workers, uh, that, that's certainly not there. Uh, so we've had that, we've had speed, you know, many people are using the same ATS or technology they've used for the last, uh, you know, 10 years, it's a legacy system. And in, in, in today's world, that's crazy. The other thing that's changed is just the way candidates apply. You know, we used to have to fill out a single application for one company. We have a resume and we'd have to submit it or mail it or fax it. And now you can use a job board, click hundred places I applied to. Uh, very, very different than before. So the commitment from the job candidate has changed from I'm committed, I'm looking for a job and I have to physically do something. I have to send it in, email, mail it, drop it off, fax it. I have to, and now I pick up my smartphone, say, that looks interesting, click it, upload it once, and I can send it to a hundred employers. The, the changes are astounding. And, you know, it is funny. I, I want to bring it up when you were talking about the voicemail and it did make me chuckle a bit. I've got two teenage boys. And every time I ask them if they set up their voicemail message, they look at me, give me a weird look and then call me weird because nobody calls and leaves messages. They've got 14 other ways to contact them in an immediate fashion. Um, so you're, you're dead on with that explanation. And even right now going through you know, not to get off on a tangent, but the whole technology piece, you know, going through the college application process with my son, how different it is now than it was in the past. <laughs> but it's almost like looking for a job for him and how the technology has changed and been automated and streamlined. So it definitely hits in a lot of different areas. Um, but getting back to the employee and the employer side, right, speaking from the employer perspective, obviously, there's been quite an impact on them as well. I'd say it's even opened up more options for employers with respect to sourcing candidates. Technology has helped make searching for jobs more convenient than ever, as you were mentioning, for the employees. Really, all they need is an internet connection, uh, their their phone, a smartphone, and you know, job seekers are able to look for jobs anywhere in the world from anywhere in the world. And it's not only easier to look at, but also to imply with a click of a button. So, you know, I guess moving over to the employer side, you know, where do you see these changes for employers and how that's impacted them as well? You know, overall, it it's on the experience uh, that, that no one really paid attention to that uh, technology. Uh, it was, you know, here's how we hire people. Here's how we screen people. Here's how we source people. 
and uh, we people acquired, they purchased, they acquired and implemented technology to automate the process to make it easier, more effective, more efficient from an employer side. But that compromised the candidate experience. So we just talked about that the candidates now, um, you know, especially shifting in generations, moving from, uh, you know, now the youngest Gen X is like in their, their late 40s, you know, and, and companies develop some of these processes to get to the younger generation of Gen X when they were in their teens. So this is like 25 years later, still trying to figure it out. And then you went through millennials. So one of the things that that people have done is is to from an employer side has been automate the process and it compromised significantly. It, it damaged if it even existed before the candidate experience. So I, I, I came up with an acronym to kind of walk people through it, not to make it complicated, but to, to say, here's the different stages, look at it, how well you're doing. And does, does this meet the demands, the expectations of a modern candidate? And one was, how do you reach them? So again, uh, people are, are still call me. I still get calls of, you know, indeed it's not working with us. What do you think of ZipRecruiter? What do you think about a sponsored ad? What do you think about this, another platform? And those are just ways to get the message out, but what's the messaging that's going out? People still post copy and paste job descriptions. So you're not gonna be able to reach people. Well, going back to what we were just talking about before, even a more fundamental way. If if everything you have is designed for a 2010 world or a, two, you know, a 1990 world, um, and all you've done is taken your paper you know, the, what you used to post in the newspaper and stuck and put it up in the internet, that no longer works. So you're not going to reach people. But if you're also not mobile ready, uh, if your your postings and your applications can't be uh, completed uh, on a mobile device, something as small as a smartphone, then you're not going to get candidates. So the 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 acronym we have is REACH. So the first thing is, how do you reach them? I couldn't come up with another R. Uh, the second is, how do you engage them? And believe it or not, uh, reading somebody's job description is not very engaging. Uh, that's not what I want to know. That's not what most people want to know. They want to know what it's like to work at the company. Who will my boss be? What are the opportunities? Is, is there a chance to learn and grow? Um, and you know, the people are still interested. Are still interested in pay? Uh, you know, what am I going to get paid? Uh, you know, what are the perks? What are the benefits? Uh, so people are interested in that. So there's got to you have to engage them, and certainly doing it through video, audio, uh, many other ways. Um, that's the E. Uh, a is the application. Applications were are still horrible. Uh, we can I can we can spend the whole episode just on talking about the the modern application or the application that's not modern. Uh, the, that there, that the drop-off rate uh, after 20 fields, if you have 20 fields, so you think of first name, last name, city, state, address, uh, most companies end up using 20 fields uh, before they even collect any valid information about qualifying somebody. Uh, the drop-off rates like 365% uh, of people will quit after too many fields because they get tired of typing, even if they can type with their thumbs on a, on a phone. Um, so what's your application look like? The C is having a conversation afterwards. You can't, we still have an HR black hole. People still ghost, you know, we talk about candidates ghosting or employers complain about candidates ghosting, but candidates complain about the employers ghosting. Uh, they apply to 50 jobs and they hear from two employers. They don't know where they stand in the process. 
Uh, so the C is for communication and conversation. And then the H is hiring. Uh, hiring doesn't stop at the job offer. Hiring has to continue through a good onboarding process. You can't hire somebody, have them show up at your door uh, and being completely unprepared. Oh, your desk isn't ready. Your computer is not ready. Your badges aren't ready. Oh, the manager's off. Oh, sorry. We didn't realize the manager was going to be off today. Um, so there's a whole series of things. So the REACH acronym is REACH, ENGAGE, APPLY, CONVERSE, AND HIRE. AND EACH OF THOSE STAGES NEED TO BE WORKED ON. AND THROUGHOUT THAT, WE'RE TALKING ABOUT THE CANDIDATE EXPERIENCE. Hey, you know, again, the, the REACH, and we've talked about this, but the REACH acronym definitely hits on all the hot buttons that as an HR professional really hit home. And, and it makes a lot of sense. And I know you were talking about uh, a lot about application as well. Um, you know, thinking about the technology that's used by both employers and employees and how much we've grown in this technological world over the past 10 years, you know, we we tend to put more and more and more into these types of services, these solutions, and more improvements, more automation. And you know, more is better, but it's not always better, right? We really want to have the, the idea of the end user in mind. And because at the root of it all, the function is the same. The function is the same as it's always been getting from A to Z. We just want to get there quicker. But if I have to go through 10 other steps to get someplace quicker, then is it really is it really making the impact? So a lot of what we do even here at Prestige PEO when we're developing and automating our processes is to truly have the end user in mind and and do it in such a way that it does make it more impactful and make it easier for them rather than just putting a whole bunch of things in a box and say, hey, you got all this stuff. Now you can use them. You know, now they got to go digging around and that that doesn't always paint the picture that you're looking to do. So it, it makes a lot of sense, but then talking about the role of recruitment or the role of technology that it plays within the recruitments, it, it hits on a number of different buttons. I can even touch on the social media aspect, you know, just going back to the mm -hmm. conversations I routinely have with my kids about being careful about what they post, what they put on the internet, even having that conversation with myself at times, it's just so easy because something will come back to haunt you down the line, but it is just one aspect of how technology can play a role in recruitment. Um, I was curious, Ira, where you land on the idea that technology can play a role in recruitment as well. Uh, technology is used. You, you can't recruit in 2021 uh, without technology. So as much as we're talking, putting the human experience back, and, and I did a presentation about two years ago uh, at the SHRM annual meeting, and it was called Keeping the H&HR, and people thought that it was, you know, it's like, oh, thank goodness, he's going to come and tell us that technology is bad and we shouldn't be using technology. <laughs> and it was exactly the opposite, is that you have to use technology so you become more human. You, you can't spend, you don't have the time, money, and resources to, to do tedious routine tasks, uh, collecting names, putting them into a spreadsheet. That needs to be automated. You can you can automate a personalized message to keep people in contact with them. You, you can automate uh, your scheduling. Um, you know, those things don't have to be done manually. And in fact, uh, many people prefer that. Uh, I prefer to get a link rather than going back and forth in five emails trying to find a convenient time to have, to have a conversation with somebody. Uh, so technology is absolutely critical. It's essential. Uh, which technology depends on what what you're not doing well. 
The, the biggest challenge, though, is people use technology to fix the system. And if you had a broken, if your sourcing wasn't very effective, if you're still copying and pasting job descriptions, if you're targeting the wrong audiences, uh, if you have a long, lengthy application, uh, those, you, you can automate that, you can put it online, but that doesn't fix the process. So there, you know, technology makes a bad process worse. If, if you have a broken process, it, it just makes it, you automated a broken process, that's all. Um, if you have, if you really think about whether you use the REACH acronym or anything else, if you look at your processes, what's not working, and then apply technology to improve that, to automate the parts that could be automated, allowing you more time to do that human interaction to spend more time in an interview, to spend more time doing that initial screening, to spend more time doing the onboarding. Uh, that's what's critical. So bottom line is, is technology is here. We, we can't change it. As I said, nine, with 96% of, of uh, everybody under um, 30 and 92% under 40 years old, only a smartphone, that's their device. They're on it all the time. You have to figure out how to use technology uh, that works that way, but keeping in mind that it's not only about the employer experience, it's also about the candidate experience. Uh, and then you can even go on to the, you know, once they're an employee, uh, you know, being able to rely on that. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I know there's a couple of topics we just wanted to get through here, but a really interesting topic that I've been looking forward to discussing with you, Ira, is the idea of recruitment marketing. And for those that might not be familiar with the strategy of recruitment marketing, this is really more of a proactive approach to hiring where the focus is on making your company's culture visible and attractive to top talent. So essentially the idea is to lure top talent to your organization before they even apply for the job. So what about recruitment marketing? What are your feelings on that? Does it matter? Is it effective? It is an interesting topic. I spent a lot of time. I'm I'm a marketer at heart. I, I talk about oftentimes I'm a content creator, so it was natural for me uh, to understand how the markets work, how do you attract people. But we've talked about that already. I mean, when we talk about the REACH acronym, REACH in in order to be effective at reaching candidates, you have to you have to understand marketing. Recruitment it, it's not recruitment. Recruitment is marketing. <laughs> recruitment equals marketing. Recruitment is sales. It's it's about messaging. What's the messaging? Um, what it's not only having a, an, an engaging, enticing, intriguing, um, job ad, but the 1st thing that companies look for is what's it like to work at that company? You know, ratings, uh, you know, certainly glass people are probably familiar with glass door ratings indeed ratings. Uh, now this fairy God boss, uh, you know, <laughs> out there, uh, there, there's quite a few. Areas and people look at that. It's like, what's it like to work for that company? And I believe it was Outmatch uh, just released a report, and in there they and I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands or might have been millions of, of candidates that they looked at, and they discovered that there was uh, that if you had a three a rating of three or more on Glassdoor that you received, I, I believe it was double, maybe it was triple, but let's say conservatively, it was double the rate of people who had under three, which is significant. That's recruitment marketing. How do we, and it's not just 
it's not just the importance of how do we get our how do we get above a three, but that reflects what are people saying about your company. Um, and the talent board's done some great research on this. Um, and they have the, the, you know, their candy awards, uh, the, the candidate experience awards every year. And one thing that companies don't realize is that, you know, it, it, you get hundreds of applications, but you only hire one person out of that. What happens to the hundreds of people that you haven't hired? Um, they're disappointed. What you don't want to make them is angry. And they, they become, they become resentful. The resentment rate's horrible of, of people because again, they weren't notified. They weren't told, uh, the process was too long. They invested their time completing your application and going through that process, especially good candidates. And they rejected it. So recruitment marketing is, is your, is your employment brand. And it's the candidate experience, what it's like to not only apply for a job at your company, what's it like to get rejected at your company? Um, and that's that's changed significantly because most, it, unfortunately, regrettably, employers today haven't even thought about that in most places. Because just look at just look at any of the job boards and look at the job ads. It's still a copy and paste the job description, and everybody at the bottom says, "Oh yeah, we're equal opportunity employer." And laced throughout the job ad is are multiple forms of discriminatory languages. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fascinating. And again, I couldn't agree more with everything that you're talking about. So, you know, thinking about the top five questions that employers should ask to properly screen candidates and why, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart as well, but what are your thoughts on those as, as well? Yeah, and, and out of those five, as you say, if you can only ask five things to qualify somebody, what would they be? Name, address, uh, where they live, uh, at, you know, their, their past three employers, where they graduated high school uh, are all irrelevant, but that's usually what an application requires. Uh, the questions are, and again, they're going to vary by the job. They're going to vary by the industry. They're going to vary by the location, but it could be as simple as are, are you over 18 years old? If they're, if they're not, then they don't qualify. Uh, are you licensed in the state of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Montana, South Dakota? If that's a requirement and they're not, don't waste your time, don't waste their time. Uh, that I'm not, and I'm not telling, I'm not recommending that that you hire somebody on five questions. That always comes out. Well, we, you know, we're, we, we're a federal employer. Uh, we're unionized. We have to, granted, once you get through the screening, then you, you can ask them everything else you need to, to hire them, but to screen them, do they have a valid driver's license? Do they have a four-year, you know, we won't get into the specifics of, of the degrees, but, you know, do they have a two-year degree? Do they have a four-year degree? Do they have 10 years experience? Uh, are they licensed in the state? What are the core questions, five core questions that if someone says no, they're disqualified? And then you can invite them. Hey, if you'd like to, you know, sorry, don't not a good fit for this job, but we'd love to maybe have you look at another job, sign up for our alerts. Uh, if you'd like to fill out the rest of the application, fine. Two things, a couple of things you've accomplished. One is you've done effective screening right off the bat, right in the beginning. You also have an opportunity for engagement because if they've said yes, and it's taken them 30 seconds or 60 seconds to do that, you now say, hey, congratulations. We'd love you to go forward, complete the rest of our application. Now you've had one engagement that normally you don't have. Um, and if they don't fit, 
you've had an engagement that most other companies don't say is, hey, thanks for filling this out or thanks for um, your interest. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like you're a good fit, but we'd love to, you know, do you want to set up a time to talk? You know, here's a list of our other jobs. Do you want to fill out the rest of the application? Can we send you alerts when there's other opportunities that are available? There's an opportunity for engagement. So you've done your reach, you've done your screening, and you've done your engagement right off the bat. Good news is the bar is so low on recruitment marketing and candidate, not on recruitment marketing, the bar is so low on candidate experience that you don't have to be really good. You don't have to be an expert in the market today to stand out. And uh, so I, the, the five questions are, think it doesn't have to be five. Think of three to five questions that if the person says no, the candidate says no, then don't waste anybody's time. And that easily can be done. Definitely an interesting way to think about that. And it makes a lot of sense. Great stuff, Ira. You know, I know I've said it uh, before, but you and I could talk for days uh, around this stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you and I are the, the type of people that would be kicked out of the restaurant at the end of the night for talking too much. But uh, we do appreciate your insight and your participation in these podcasts. And uh, we'd love to talk to you again. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Be sure to check out more episodes of HR and 15 featuring insights and advice from our community of experts like Ira on your favorite podcast app or at www.hrn15.com. We'll catch up with everybody again soon. Have a great day. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.